The Swamp Without a Still is just a tent, a martini without olives doesn't quite make it, and Mash Minute is intended for mature audiences. Put on your headphones, listen for the tone of your favorite podcast, Mash Minute. Well, it's a minute-by-minute detailed analysis of the movie without which the series wouldn't exist. Megan and Tierney, and guest will make three. Goddamn army, Mash Minute. Welcome to Mash Minute, the Movies by Minutes podcast where we're analyzing the 1970 Robert Altman film, Mobile Armor. No, I'm just kidding. It's Mash. <laughs> Smash! It's always Smash. Sometimes there's punctuation, sometimes there isn't. But there's always one minute of film, and I am one of your hosts, Tierney Steele. And I'm Megan Coleman. And I am your guest, Jarf. Jarf is not an acronym like MASH, it's just Jarf. I really want to make a little theme song now for you of just Jarf. I would love a theme song. (laughs) Can, Can Molly Rigwell do it too? Like a just Jarf. Okay, now you're checking things off my bucket list. <laughs> singing a song for me. However, right. if I can just short circuit the the minute right off the bat, because that's what I do. Speaking of theme songs, so that brings me to my number one beef with this whole experience of coming on as a guest. May I share it? Sure. Good God, yes. Okay, so I never saw this movie before coming on as a guest and starting to experience the podcast as a listener. Therefore, I didn't know that there were lyrics to the MASH theme song. And I want to go back in time before I knew. I, I don't like knowing that. <laughs> you, should, you can't see it, but I had like my, between my hands over my mouth like, oh, no. <laughs> You're one of, we, we didn't ruin MASH for you, did we? Completely. Oh, no, not at all. Okay, phew. Phew. All right. That's all I care about. And if we did, we introduced it. So it was like a quick ripping of the Band-Aid. I guess that's true. Yeah, right? Just... Unlike the people who realize they don't like it <laughs> decades after liking it. <laughs> So this is specifically Minute 51. There's no theme song, but there's um exactly why a lot of people don't like the movie compared to the TV show. This is Minute 51, which begins with... My thing not scrolling. Which begins with Hawkeye running to help a bleeding patient and ends with Hawkeye stitching like you've never seen before. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, graphic surgery. And what stood out to me in this minute comparison to what we've seen in the movie so far is I might be wrong, but I think this is the first time you see a patient conscious before surgery and he's moaning and pain and and reacting and everything. Whereas you've seen people on a gurney on a helicopter, people being carried in and stretchers and mostly just surgery already in progress. So the patient's under anesthesia or whatever. And so it's very much from the perspective of the surgeons and, and it's that whole and I think it's a deliberate choice. It's that meatball surgery feel. But this is this is more like what you would see in a hospital drama now, where they pull you in emotionally to the patient before they start the surgery. That's fair. And even when they were walking through triage earlier, it was all very bandages and <laughs> blotchy, not a close-up of a wound. 
Yeah, should I have put a warning on this minute for people who are squeamish? <laughs> Oops, sorry. But we have to see, we have to hear someone in pain so that Hawkeye can be as God. This is Hawkeye's minute to shine. How much do you each know about, was it a decision the way they portrayed surgery in this movie? I know that there was discussion of, oh, should we cut some of it out and and back and forth, maybe with the studio or whomever, and then people really advocated to keep it in. But I mean, specifically the way they don't show you a lot of the patient point of view. I was starting to imagine they were trying to convey the experience of these surgeons who they're there at the mash and then someone's flown in. And the next thing, it's just this blur of really busted up soldiers and they're trying to patch them up the best they can and then move on to the next one. And so they were truly trying to show that. Yeah, it's not like we ever get to know any of their patients. Mm -hmm. I think the patient we've seen the most so far is the one that died that Burns Blaine Boom for. Like that's the most time we have spent on a patient's face. And I, I think you said it exactly of this is the story of the surgeons in the MASH. A lot of the episodes of the TV show were the stories of people who went through a MASH and how they interacted with those surgeons. But when you made over 250 episodes, you can spend a lot more time with your guest star of the week. Hi, Ron Howard. Then. <laughs> You do in this movie where it is much more not quite assembly line-ish because you never get the feeling that it's the blur to the actual nurses and doctors. But as a viewer, this is the first time, this is the first time we've really followed into a surgery. We got to see Trapper's Trapper is God moment, but he was already mid-surgery. Most people, you're right, are already in the room and this is our following over the shoulder it's weird because this is the movie that this is the minute that reminds me the most ah, this is weird to say this is the minute where hawkeye of the movie reminds me the most of hawkeye of the tv show even though he says and oh <laughs> so <laughs> because he kind of swoops in and saves the day basically or i think that's it like there's a patient that only hawkeye can save and he's gonna do whatever it takes and and he's I... gonna be totally calm cool and collected during it all without a stray hair right like... exactly and he is good <laughs> like that's the thing like this minute does kind of sweep you up where he's saying okay here's what we're gonna do and he even says So the guy's like, you're going to be okay. He's talking to the patient. He's talking to the nurse. He's talking to Ugly John. Like, he is just... He's good under pressure. He is absolutely on top of it. And we've we've gotten to see him be good in surgery before, but this is the first time we have seen him as the hero. I think that's what they were going for. And so they just kind of had to raise the stakes. (laughs) Well, and I also wonder, this is sort of half thought of, but so bear with me here on my ramble. But even though we always say this movie is not, it's not, it's about Korea, but it's about Vietnam, right? And Vietnam's like the first televised war. And it, I mean, it's not completely ratcheted up as much as it would be in 6970. Well, about, but not quite. But I wonder how much of like, this might, this still would have been shocking to people, but I wonder how much people would have also been like, oh, yeah. You know, you would have seen people coming off helicopters on the television, on the news and various states of I wonder what the standards were. Yeah, because I mean, I always think, when I always think of like, well, that too, but I always think of like the standards that sort of in the 20s and 30s and the 40s, you know, when it's like, 
you know, you can't have, what was that? Not Comstock. That's way, sorry, that's way, no, Comstock laws, right? Like in the 30s where you couldn't have indecency and. Yeah, and then Hayes Code. Hey, that's what I was thinking of. Hayes Code. Okay, okay. That's what I was thinking of, but I'm like, it's not Comstock. That was the, that was the mail. Yeah, because I was like, there is a Comstock God forbid you send, yeah, God forbid you send, you know, information about condoms in the mail. Oh no, you know, the horror of it all. But uh, (laughs) It's Just true. get Duke on it. He can get anything I anywhere. Know. Exactly, right? Duke's like, I'm on this. I know a guy who knows a guy. <laughs> I can write you a prescription. Listen. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, that, wow, that went somewhere. Um, no, I like that. I am very intrigued. And I maybe because I am a movie watcher of the t- late 20th, early 21st century, this, maybe I'm just not... That squeamish, which is funny because I jump scare like there's no tomorrow. Ditto. This isn't that bad. Like it's not. this, it's it's not. It's kind of gross. But I was even like trying to really look because I'm studying this movie one minute at a time, and it's just clamps hanging off a thing. And I and mean, what, what did they use for blood? Isn't it like glycerin and like Jello, red Jello, <laughs> the powder mix, and they mix it together, and that makes you know blood, quote unquote. Don't tell Altman. I'm sure oh. he thought it was real. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You're not bleeding fast enough. Like, <laughs> um, we did get the word spurt, a technical term. That's true. Yes, we do. But when they talk about the blood spurt, I mean, he says it's going to spurt a little bit. And it, I mean, he's right. It's a little bit. Things writing about this movie talk about it as if like a fountain erupts from this guy's chest. And it's not. It's that... He's bleeding from an area right near a major vein. Yeah, so anything you do or is artery. Gonna... Or, or, it's artery. bad. It's bad to be bleeding in your neck. <laughs> yes, not advisable. <laughs> Pro tip, right? But it's war. So, like, you you know, you try not to get shot there, but maybe you do, and then it sucks. <laughs> and then you hope Hawkeye's on your case, right? But Aww. Aww. Now, there, there were several episodes that used a lot of ideas from this minute. And none of them were this graphic, obviously, because television. But I was trying to think of all the different ones. I know there's, you know, there's one where you follow from the patient's point of view, which I thought of as they were carrying him into the actual operating room. Even though that's an over-the-shoulder, I think just the, what is that, cinema veritas of it all? I was like, oh, this reminds me of, like, when they would do the POV for the patient. There is one where Hawkeye's hand has been in there. Um, He has been, I think he's holding the pin in a grenade. And he yells at Margaret for the sterile. And she's like, they're sterilizing. He goes, my unsterile hand has been in him this whole time. And so when they're pouring the water, water? when they're cleaning, that's a lot more likely. But (laughs) whatever they're pouring to clean off the blood from his hands. And it's this minute is really well shot because you can see the Soldier has, like, a hand up to his neck, and Hawkeye's kind of holding it away, you know, like, in place, so he's not moving or touching anything. I don't know. It's it's really well done, and I'm sorry if it's icky. Well, it's gonna be icky, right? I mean, it's surgery. It's a war zone. It's a thing that happens. I did pick up on what Hawkeye asked for, and those are cardiovascular surgery items, aren't they? I wait, 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 when he says you got an arteral stuture ready? No, that's further on. Yeah, but there was something else, too. Oh, I'm going to place where he's like, you're going to be just fine. Two vascular oh, clamps yes, I'm gonna need and an arterial vas- suture. suture. Well, I guess vascular clamps could be any vein. I lied. Okay. I was trying. 
I was trying to make the case for Hawkeye. I missed that damn biology class, right? <laughs> Having learned cardiovascular surgery from Trapper so that when the TV show started, he could go on to be the... It was just all in support of your headcanon. I just... I. I never want Hawkeye to be the bad guy, so I will always come up with reasons for whatever That's happened true. to put him up on that pedestal. That's what, it's not fun when he's the bad guy. And this minute 51 is a minute that puts Hawkeye back up on that pedestal. Because sometimes we've seen a few glimpses where he hasn't always been the best guy. He's been a really a gentleman, if you will. I mean, maybe compared to some of his tentmates, maybe he's a little bit higher up on that. But. Yeah, but they they put that bar they way make it close to low. the ground. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they make it kind of easy, right? But you're That's right. Fair. This minute does it does remind you of why you love him, and for me, it's that confidence, like you were saying, that he shows in surgery. More specifically, it reminded me of what I connected to about the show. Just the way that he he's a goofball when he's not in surgery. But then when the patient is on the table, then he just flips the switch. And then, okay, he's serious. He, and he might still, he still has that jokey banter, but you still see that focus. Like This is what he does. And he's great at doing that. He spins, he runs, he jumps. I mean. Works hard, party hard, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Business in the front, in party in the back. Exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, where do Ellen Alda's sideburns fall in that, oh, <laughs> that formula? <laughs> I like to pretend they're not there. Yeah. Ah, don't enjoy his hippie ways. Hey, it's better than Margaret uh, having that Farrah Fawcett hairdo in the early 80s when that, you know, because that's such a 50s Korea look, don't you know? I know. <laughs> I know. I ah, know. It's like my biggest pet peeve. It's my biggest pet peeve about the later, seri- you know, seasons. I'm like, no! I can't I'm wait. I'm not saying or- it has to be 100% 1950s all the time, but come on, Farrah Fawcett, come on. We're going to be podcasting, we're going to be in our 50s, and you are going to be like, we're going to hit that season, and you are just going to lose it, and it's going to be lose great. It. It's going to be like, freaking Margaret. Oh, wait, <laughs> is this when you do the TV series one minute at a time? <laughs> oh, no. No, what? No, I, I think can't you do one meant to say episode. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> No, I meant one minute at a time. I, I mean, probably season seven through 11 will just be your heads in jars podcasting. <laughs> a la Futurama. Yes. Exactly. Accurate. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there are, I was trying to think, I was like, there are actually multiple shows where at some point they give the lead character bangs and I just sit there and go, that was unnecessary. It's a very attractive woman who you've ruined. Now she has to grow them out on television. Good job. <laughs> Awkward. Anyway. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, what show was that? And I'm like, mm, it happened on the OC. It happened on Buffy. I'm pretty sure it happened on Gilmore Girls. So yeah, there are a whole bunch of them. But... We don't That's mean you... not to say I'm not anti-bangs in general. I am saying that is not something that you should try out when you are a lead actress on a major television or, program. Or maybe they should give them more of a heads up so it can grow out more. So it doesn't mm-hmm. look so awkward when they show up with the bangs. Mm-hmm. Or give them like a hair bang wig. Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> hair bang wig. You know, <laughs> I learned... I don't know. 
Okay. I have curly there- hair. I don't do bangs. It would be a bad look. I don't do wigs, but something that I have noticed getting into mo- getting back into movies in the past few years is we're seeing a lot more wigs than we realize. Like oh, all yeah. the time. I- all the time. Oh yeah. Constantly, like every movie, one of those people is probably wearing a wig. It just makes every you movie. question it doesn't matter everything. what it's about. It just really does. <laughs> Do you know how many years I spent wanting to be Claire Danes and Romeo and Juliet? I mean, and it was you just, wanted the blonde hair? It was or? a wig. No, she doesn't have blonde hair in that. No, no. She's just real pretty. Oh, oh um, I thought she... Oh, okay. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, no. I think another one. That's a wig. You could just buy that and like bobby pins and done. <laughs> anyway, I have derailed. It's okay. This is what happens when Houlihan's hair comes up around you. You, you know, you can also like take your long hair and use bobby pins somehow and like pin it so it looks shorter. Taylor Swift used to do that all the time. It is but a she, magical gift. But she has money and hairstylists, so you know, magic. <gasps> uh, you know, it turns out <laughs> being able to pay people who know what they're doing makes your <laughs> hair look really good. I know, right? Who knew? <laughs> it's amazing the difference. Anyway. Tell CBS that. All right. Anyway. Um, Glad you ladies brought me on for this. <laughs> for the, what turned into the hair minute. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I can't this wait to see offer... which photo you pick for your guest page. <laughs> <laughs> this will offer a great counterpoint to my wife, who is incredulous that you could possibly find something to talk about for one minute of any movie. Oh, it's possible. Oh, it's possible. <laughs> it might be Ta-da. bang wigs. Yeah. <laughs> bang wigs. I like that. You know, I don't know how we got here, but we got here legitimately. I we remember did. talking about minute 51 of MASH. It was organic. <laughs> yes. Okay. It was delicious and organic. So how many of us have said when we have to like fix a hole in something, oh, baby, you're going to see some stitching like you never saw before. And then our spouse rolls their eyes. No, just me. Before this movie, never. But after this movie, probably always. Wait, are you legit saying you've used this line, Tyranny? Yes. I thought this would be a safe place to admit these things. So here's my follow-up question. Did your husband know that you were making a MASH reference? Or did he think it was just a a generic movie? movie? Yeah. I don't think he thought... I walked into the room, held a needle aloft, and came up with that myself, but... I mean, you are pretty creative. He has seen MASH, but... I mean... So, I don't think my husband's seen the movie, actually. So, sometimes when I've quoted really great lines from MASH, he has no idea. Yeah. And he might pick up. He's like, oh, is that from the TV show? Is that that TV show you like? I'm like, (laughs) What am I doing a lot of now? This movie is hella quotable. And it. It I I was actually wondering, since I I saw it for the first time just last weekend, so I haven't had it as a part of my memory throughout my Mm -hmm. life. Is this one of those movies where quotes from the movie pop into your head just on the regular, even before you started doing the podcast? Oh, God, yes. The the football game when they do the gun for the end of the quarter and Houlihan screams, <laughs> My God, they've shot him. <laughs> I mean, I've thought that at any sporting event with a starter or ending gun any time that happened. I just in general have been very like disappointed to see that it's not as there's not as many gifts as you would think, mm. given how quotable this movie is. 
And even the TV show, too. Like, how there's a lot of good quotes in the TV show, and I don't see a whole lot of... But maybe the target audience for MASH isn't really the GIF target audience either. And I'm like, the We're weird, making it the we're target the weird, audience. I'm, I'm, I'm in that weird <laughs> Venn diagram in the middle where people are like, there's no one that's like likes GIFs and MASH. It's like, hi. I, I do. I'm GIFs here. I'm here. It's me a charity. The time I found one randomly of Trapper and Hawkeye dancing the show, it just, it was perfect. I don't remember even what I was looking for, but I was looking for a Hawkeye GIF to send someone. And I found that and I was like, this, I'm putting this everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but there aren't, I'm trying to think because the other thing is too, there are a few that really stand out as quotable, but they're all situational and that makes it harder. I think I've sensed a divide among the hosts and I think we better settle this right here and right now. Okay. So GIF, Megan. It's, oh. oh. How do I you always, pronounce it? I always say it GIF. And tyranny? I say Jeff. Ho, ho, ho. My husband, I think, and I have had this argument, and I always tell him, it's not peanut butter, yo. Okay? So, like, I know. It is. Gi- isn't it actually gif? how you say it? Isn't it like the peanut butter? No, no. I think oh. it's a hard G. Wait, really? Because that's that's how hey, I remember, man, because man. it's that the it's that it's not the peanut butter, like the peanut butter is spelled with a J, and right. it's pronounced yeah, differently yeah. than the peanut butter, which makes sense because it's spelled differently. But my brain, like my mouth does not want to make that noise. Like I have to think to say GIF, whereas I can just say Jeff and it's no big deal. I can say Giffy, no problem, but I need like that other syllable or it sounds weird. It sounds like I'm trying to say gift and like died midway through the word. I think we have to leave leave it up like to our even, listeners. Even, we got to do even a poll. I like Google it. Like one of the first Google results I get is from uh, Gizmodo from 2013. It says the creator GIF says it's pronounced GIF. He is wrong. So like, <laughs> well, because all right, because it's because st- the G stands for graphic and it's graphic, right. not traffic. Right. So <laughs> that's why it's supposed to be GIF. But yeah, and I am a GIF guy myself. But Tyrannia, I I have empathy for your desire to say it, Jif, because I don't like the sound of my name being Garf. (laughs) That would be that would be a different vibe. (laughs) So Jarf, where do you hail from? What magical land brought Jarf to us? So I grew up in rural central PA, and I lived in Philly for 15 years. And then in 2012, I moved out to a suburb in northwest Philly called Flowertown. I know y'all like history, so I'll share that it was named after pioneers coming to the Wissahickon um, with their with their great Flowertown facts. I'm just thinking of the song Flower Man from the soundtrack for the X-Files movie, so continue. <laughs> I have 90s alt rock stuck in my head. It's okay. And since this is my first minute, I'll share my window into MASH. Yes, I'm doing it without being asked. I'm just that polite of a guest. So I was introduced to it by my mom and... She is a veteran, Air Force, and she is actually the first woman to work in the warehouse at Andrews Air Force Base. And and that's actually where I was born. So she watched it all the time at home, and then we continued to watch it in syndication. My mom and I have always shared a love of comedy, so that's how I was introduced to MASH. I love it, and I'm making a note to start the rumor that you were born in the warehouse... 
I know it was just a, a magical confluence of sentence structure, but... That is what I now choose to believe. And since we're going to do a podcast together, I think I'll have many opportunities to embarrass the crud out of you with that. I think you will. I think there's a blues (laughs) song in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. Born in the warehouse of the Andrews Air Force Base. Get Conan O'Brien on it. He can make up lyrics to anything. I love Conan. I went to his um, Legally Not Allowed to be Funny on Television tour. Oh, did you? In Boston. Oh, and he sang. How drunk was he? No, <laughs> is it pork salad that he did the lyrics to? But it's a blues song. But it was about how hard it was growing up with his Harvard professor mother and his ropes and gray lawyer father. I might have that reversed, but it was hilarious if you know the Boston area. Oh my god! <laughs> about how hard it had singing the blues about growing up in Newton. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was. For those who are from other places, I mean, Harvard professors, pretty self-explanatory. It's well known. Ropes and Gray is the biggest law firm in Boston. And when I say the biggest, I mean, my law firm has like 600 attorneys and we are dwarfed by Ropes and Gray. (laughs) They're a big deal. (laughs) So it's fabulous. And I've never been able to find a recording of it anywhere. His Dartmouth College, to bring it back to an Animal House kind of quasi connection, uh, his commencement speak for Dartmouth College, I think it's from like 2000, it was like the first year I worked at the library up there, so like 2011 or 2012, is hilarious. And it's really good, actually. I like that. And you did it. Conan O'Brien, Dartmouth, Animal House, Nash, Nash, Brenda! (laughs) Your Animal House connection for the the episode. Oh, we haven't done that in a while. We haven't done that in a while. No, I know. Is that maybe part of the Mash Minute bingo board, if you make those references? (laughs) It absolutely should be. And I've been editing, and there are so many things where it's like, I'm going to make a note. I'm going to keep an eye out for this. And to your listener, it's minute 51. I have not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's like when you say on a podcast, oh, we'll edit that out later. And then it stays in. It's still in there. Yeah. Very much still in there. 90% of the time. um, Does anyone else have anything for Minute 51? Another podcast bingo? Check your cards. No, I didn't have anything else. I think. Oh, no, that's in the next minute. I'll save it then. All right. Well, I kind of jumped the shark a little. We are not even halfway through MASH, and I mentioned that Sharf and I are going to be doing a podcast together. So don't worry. I'm no, no. I'm not stealing a jeep. I'm not going anywhere. Um, <laughs> it could be fun, though. Just saying. <laughs> oh, it could. I I will bring some mash flavor. Um, I will obviously let you plug your actually completed podcast at some point, Jarf. But why don't you tell people what we're working on? Oh, absolutely. So very exciting. Tierney and I are going to be bringing you another Movies by Minute podcast about the movie Joe versus the Volcano. So Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, Fairy Tale Magic, and that is going to come up this fall. So we're in pre-production now. We've booked some amazing guests and I really can't wait to talk about this movie that I've loved for so long with some of them who are also fans, some of them who are experiencing it for the first time. I think that there is going to be a lot that we'll discover along the way. So right now you can check it out on all social media at Joe versus Minute. And I 
love it. Joe versus the Volcano is one of those movies that I found over the decades really rewards repeat watching. I have found so many more things as I've gotten older with it that are acquainted with it. But instead of having to build a time machine and go back to the 90s so that you can rewatch it all the time, you can just listen to our podcast. That's right. You can just listen to our podcast, experience it along with us and our guests. We're going to be doing it three times a week, so you can really just really make it part of your routine. And and we're just all about just having fun and having nice conversations with people. We're not afraid to be critical if there is something that we see that requires some scrutiny, but mostly we're, we're just people who love things, and I think that's what's going to come across. I think after watching this movie, you understand why I was not intimidated when you said, well, I think we really need to talk about like this caricature of a people like do, do, it's inappropriate right and I'm like oh have you heard Mulcahy's nickname <laughs> I'm in <laughs> yeah I am ready to talk about things that seemed fine at the time but weren't <laughs> <laughs> there's a theme song for you <laughs> My little jingle. I'm coming for the Robinson Brothers. Anyway, Joe versus the Minute is in pre-production right now. Should have looked at when this is airing. But you can find us on social media by searching Joe versus the yes, Minute. Uh, I know that's for Twitter and Instagram. And I believe our website should come up with that. Fingers crossed. But we'll see. But yeah, Joe versus Volcano. Minute, Joe versus the Minute. Get it? It's clever. And it's a Growler Media podcast, so Thank you can you. also That's find it on growlermedia.com. That's what I was blanking on. I was like, there's an easy way to find it. Why can't I think of it? The I've got your back. Thanks. And in the meantime, you can find Mash Minute by searching Mash Minute. We should have come up with some crazy acronym or something. Um, I'm not that clever. I'm sorry. I also was real proud that we got to grab all the handles. Ha ha. <laughs> well, there are a lot of podcasts about MASH. They are, but... What they're not it? MASH Minute. No, there's, <laughs> ma- there's MASH Cast, which is cool, but not MASH Minute. Someday we'll be competing with them. because we'll And get then there's the another show. one. There's two that do the TV show an episode per episode. There's, what is it? It's the MASH 4077 podcast, which has been going on for years because, well, 11 seasons, but also they do, I think, two episodes or three episodes a month. So, And then there's MASH, and then there's MASH Matters with the guy who played Igor from the TV show, Jeff Maxwell. I love it that they all podcast. This is adorable. I have to admit, I listen to Ellen Alda's podcast, but I have specifically not listened to the MASH cast reunion because it came out while I was already starting this. And I, weird to say, I didn't want it to like color anything. So that is just hanging out, mocking me with this unlistened to badge in my podcast app. But that's my cross to bear. And I'm very excited to listen to it when we wrap MASH Minute. So it'll be cool. Anyway, we're good, right? We're good? We did it. I think we did it. We're gonna go grab our teddy bears and curl up and we will come back for Minute 52. But not yet. Yeah, sorry. I was just thinking, I was like, tomorrow? Yes, we will come back for Minute 52 tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Bye. Ah!